Don't you hate when you open a novel and you are presented with a 10 page long prologue that just dumps a whole slew of ancient history on you? I certainly do. The question is though, what should a prologue contain to make it a good one? If you are a fantasy author, then you've come to the right place. My name is Jesper and together with Autumn, I run amwritingfantasy.com. Between us, we've published more than 20 novels and our aim is to help you in your writing and marketing endeavors. Before we get started, I want to send a huge thank you to Alice McKinney and Perry Chalmers, who have become our latest supporters on Patreon. You too can become a patron of Am Writing Fantasy. You'll find the link in the description field or in the show notes for those of you who are listening on podcast. And for just a $1 pledge, we will ship you an Am Writing Fantasy bookmark. There's lots of other rewards too, but uh, you can check all that out by following the link if you are interested. All right, prologues it is. It's not an easy subject to tackle because so many get them wrong. And one of the most common issues is how the author hasn't clarified what he or she is trying to achieve by including a prologue in the first place. In many cases, the content of a prologue might as well have been part of the novel itself. If that's true, don't write a prologue. Prologues that are littered with background information which really have no direct relevance to the story being told is incredibly boring. Unfortunately, many writers think that their world building is so cool that the reader just have to know about the kingdom that fought another kingdom a thousand years ago. You're lying. Old McGrumpy, as our resident AI, you should learn that it's not polite to call another host for a liar. But you are. How so? You do think that your world building is so cool that it should be included in the novel. Well, <laughs> it, it depends on how you, how you look at it, I guess. I, I, I don't think it should be included if it has no relevance. You know, for, for the sake of the reader, if it was up to me alone, I would probably write it in. It's the same problem with epilogues. You worthless humans also include those even when there is nothing important to say. In such cases, we really shouldn't, old McGrumpy. You see, prologues and epilogues alike have to be relevant. That is easy to say. Why not let me write them for you? So. You claim to know how to decide which facts should be revealed in the prologue? What do you mean? Well, for the prologue to be relevant, you need to share significant information which proves to be vital to the story itself. I knew that. I really knew. Do you perhaps know how to hack? Uh, no, nor do I claim to. Then leave me alone. All right, I will. Jesus. The rest of us can carry on while he's away then. You see, what I was trying to say was that there might be scenarios in which such significant information can't be easily shared within the contents of the book itself. If it can, then avoid the prologue. However, 
What if such information is shared by a point of view character who aren't featured in the novel? Or perhaps events are taking place during a different time and or maybe a different place? Then a prologue might come in quite handy. What is important to know though is that most readers tend to skip the prologue altogether and they just head straight into the first chapter. So if you are sharing important elements about this story that you're going to tell, you have to make sure that they actually stop and read it. Otherwise, it sort of becomes counterproductive, right? Here you are sharing a vital piece of information and the reader didn't even pay any attention to it. Hence, you have to write an incredibly engaging first paragraph, hooking people to read the prologue. You then proceed to hold the reader's attention by limiting the amount of background information and share the necessary details as part of the narrative. Not as an info dump, you know, a thousand years ago, blah, 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 that sort of thing. We don't want to do that. If the reader is still reading, chances are that you can keep it up for the remaining parts of the prologue. The final tripwire is making the prologue too long. Simply, simply keep it to the point, okay? So, oh, and, and not for, to forget, just because you've managed to hook the reader with a killer prologue, that doesn't relieve you from the obligation to do exactly the same thing with the first chapter. The novel needs to begin as strong as it would, even if there were no prologue serving as a lead-in. So, to summarize, Make sure that your prologue is relevant to the story that you're going to tell. As indirectly relevant, I mean. Not background setting. What the reader learns from the prologue should play directly into the plot of the story. Make it interesting and compelling. And please keep it short. While we add it, how about a quick look at the epilogue? As Old McGrumpy indicated before, that is another place where we authors often misstep. First of all, every essential plot thread has to be concluded by the end of the story, not in the epilogue. Yet, if the epilogue is to add to the reader's understanding of the story, it can't be superficial either. That's not me saying that you should go overboard and tie up each and every single open plot point either. You see, there is a balance to walk when writing a killer epilogue. In most cases, you have two options. Either you expand on the character development or you use the epilogue to set up the next book in the series. If you want to expand on the character development, it isn't sufficient to portray the character 10 years later. Rather, you'll have to show how the story has made an impact on the character and how this person has now continued to grow since we left him or her in the final chapter. That said, the most accepted reason for including an epilogue is to set up the next book in the series. Why is that the most accepted reason? Well, it's because it's almost by default exciting. Something will happen which introduces a new plotline and that's a good premise to build on. Yet, even here, you have to be careful. If you intend for a cliffhanger type of epilogue, make sure 
that you've included hints in the main body of the story. Unless the epilogue rings true, readers won't show a forgiving attitude. So foreshadow is needed or readers will think that everything they believed about the story simply all of a sudden just turned out to be false. So don't undermine your own ending with the epilogue. And finally, just like writing a prologue, make sure to keep it short. That's your guide to avoiding insanely boring prologues and epilogues. So uh, stay safe out there and uh, see you next Monday.